Hello and welcome to the very first Flash Forward podcast in association with Passenger Transport Magazine. I'm Mark Kipling and I'm joined here by Alex Warner. Say hello, Alex. Hello, everyone. And, well, why are we doing this? Why does the world need a transport podcast? Well, we think it does. Firstly, to talk about the news and what's going on in the industry that all either interests us or employs us. And also we're going to be doing interviews, talk to interesting characters that you will know and probably some that you, you won't know. Uh, about their jobs and what it means to be working day-to-day in passenger transport. We're also going to talk about all the jobs that are out there and available for people to apply for because we know everyone likes to know about that and hopefully generally also be quite entertaining. So my name is Mark Kipling and um, I will be working with Flash Forward in the uh, the months ahead developing this podcast and some other things as well. I've worked in public transport about 15 years and sometimes I love it and sometimes I hate it but there you go, it keeps us all it keeps us all in, in, in business and keeps us all interested. And Alex, you've been much longer than me. Oh, I'm 25 years in transport, in all various sectors from aviation to rail, bus and coach, ferries a bit, taxis, logistics. And I absolutely love it all the time. And I used to be a train spotter um, when I was a kid. And it's in my blood. And I've got lovely model rail around the attic. So um, it, I live for public transport. I, so there you go. What a, what a, what a strange case I am. So You certainly are. And, and that's why it's been really depressing. Sorry to start a depressing note, Mark. This last week in public transport, the last month actually, yeah. because it's all doom and gloom. And oh. I, I know you commented that you read my miserable piece in Passenger Transport magazine about the, the, the state of the industry at the moment in rail. Mm. Um, but it's not been a good period, has it? No. And I think what mostly surprises me, and it doesn't get reported, of course, is and you know that you know there are some extremely capable people working on the front line and working within the management teams of all of these rail companies that have had the challenges and it's it must be a very difficult place to be at the moment because no no one well very few people are going to have got out of bed um, on the first Monday morning um, of the change and, and actively hope that it goes badly um, and it's a real a real shame and when you've got you know questions to the transport secretary and calls of resignations and all the rest of it. Um, it doesn't help any of those people and it doesn't help the industry, so it's a bit depressing. But why did it happen, I suppose? Well, I mean, it, it, I don't want to be sycophantic here, but you know, every every day I meet senior leaders in the transport industry and rail, and, and you know, there's some fantastic people out there, hugely talented, some real class acts, some class acts in charge of the, the companies that are really struggling at the moment. Um, and I think on the one hand, I think the industry is so fragmented, it's so um, it's so complicated that it, it, we put the industry and people in a position where it's very difficult for one single person or persons to take accountability. Mm. And I think that's the real challenge in the industry. So actually, when you go and talk to people in, in rail, um, there's a lot of, uh, yeah, it's terrible, it's awful. But it's very rare, and I wrote about this in, in, the, in the magazine recently, that it's very rare for one person to say, yeah, yeah, I didn't do a particularly good job. It was my mistake. Mm. So you've got this situation where for years and years, you know, the, the, the talks have been blaming rail track stroke network rail. Um, then there's the, you can blame the subcontractors to, to, to network rail. Um, you can blame some contractors to the talks. If you're on a train operating company, you can blame the franchising system, the fact that you could should never have lost the franchise. Um it, you know, there's all sorts of reasons why it's very difficult for the industry to actually put its hands up and say, yep, yeah, we or I as an individual didn't do a particularly good job. So I don't actually think it is anyone in particular that has done And the trouble is, it, it, it comes on, I suppose, on the top of or as well as the, 
the East Coast business. I was talking to someone in the pub about this at the weekend who was saying what a... You know, it's outrageous to that, that, that people are, are getting away with it, I think was the term that was used. And I can understand how people come to that conclusion who are not involved, um, you know, in the, in the minutiae of the way a franchise works. But the, re- the, the reality is far from private companies getting away with it. I mean, well, I mean into one of these situations, you look at East Coast or, or any of the other ones, um, you know, it is the absolute worst situation possible when bonds are getting called and parent company guarantees are being called on to support the the contract is it's no one's getting away with anything well i mean i can tell you because we've you know we, we we've done work for companies in the past we've been asked some companies outside transport to look at their strategy and look at you know whether it's worth getting into transport and then you know you delve belief the detail and you see that you know if you're getting one or two percent margin in a you know in a train operating um business then then that's seen as a good as good as it gets type position, there really isn't that huge incentive. So, you know, this idea is a fallacy that, you know, the the shareholders are all walking away, uh, creaming the profits. Quite the opposite. And I think the biggest threat to the industry at the moment is how will you make it attractive to private companies to to want to play in the industry? So, Um, yeah. You know, it, 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 that's you know that's not the case at all. I mean, the bit that and I know I was critical in a recent article of you know it's the bid directors um, that you know are happy to take the successes and win the bids, but sometimes you get the situation where there's not a hint of shame's too strong a word, a, a hint of, of belief that partly they're responsible for some of these tippy bids that they're putting in. They'll tell you the CEO of the company or the or the rail division MD signed the numbers off, so ultimately it's their fault. But you know, very often these bids are written. I'm not saying suicidally, but in a sometimes a cavalier way, and you're sort of throwing in lots of nice initiatives written in radar speak, drawing on your Prince Two training, but they never see the light of day. Um, and I think that's the problem. Where sometimes when companies are approaching bids, put some things in that look sexy, knowing you're never going to have to deliver them. Um, and numbers that are a bit tippy. <laughs> and, yeah, especially if if you, if you don't win. So um, it's, these are difficult times. Yeah, and I, I think I hope that um, you know the frontline staff, particularly in some of those franchises at the moment that are having such widespread cancellation, uh, cancellations and short formations and all the rest of it's going on. You know, really very tough time so well this is where the leadership comes in and 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 you know we have got some great leaders in the industry yeah. but they need to be out there quickly they need to be out there fast they need to be engaging all night and all day on the front line and if they can't be omnipresent which of course they can't they need their teams of directors and senior managers to be out there on a friday night at some godforsaken station and you yeah. know that's the customers are getting getting grief and in, in in fairness you know over the last few weeks we've certainly seen you know we've seen a lot of david brown has been very much leading from the front publicly um in the in the in the in the media and i'm sure he's doing behind the scenes and you know charles halton's never been one to shy away from 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 you know getting his hands dirty at, at GTR and pretty well most of the if not all of the MDs in the in the in the UK rail industry are good at that but you know it it needs to be the number one priority mm. at the moment. Mm. So I think challenging times ahead, but yeah, the railway will survive. So you've been so depressed, Bol, that you decided yeah. to get on a bus in Bristol I did. last well, week I went, then to I'll, cheer I'll, yourself I'll, up. I'll, I needed cheering up. Um, I had a brilliant uh, few hours, what was a day in the end, tootling about in Bristol, which is down near What was my, the nightlife like? I don't know. I was home, tucked up in bed before any of that Under started. the thumb. Absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I had, a great, I had a great day. Interesting what's going on in Bristol um, because you've got a sort of 
reinvigorated uh, James Freeman-led first Bristol bus business going on and doing great things all over the place. And buses painted pink and buses painted green, and it just looks great. But you've also got these other areas um, of, of innovation. And what I was particularly interested to try, and I did try, was the um, was two, which was one called Slide, which is a which is a sort of taxi, sort of demand responsive type uh, shuttle system that takes you from certain parts of the city into the city centre. Um, and then another one called um, My Last Mile, which is a, uh, um, uh, a very similar but slightly different. I'll talk a little bit about how they're different. Um, one of the things that was, was, I mean, Bristol is a city that is, well, it's, it has a lot of congestion challenges, but it has all the reasons. It has all the reasons to innovate. You know, it's a university town. It's got a forward-thinking council. It's got a great bus operator, um, and that hasn't always been the case. It's a great place, you know, for, for these sorts of experiments to 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 be successful. So I started my journey in the morning with Slide. So Slide is like Uber, a bit, in that you you have to, but you have to book your journey. So you can't you can't you can't just get on one. You have to book it on the app from a particular pickup point um, and they run a couple of different around a couple of different areas into the city center and so um, I went on the app and one of the things that's so great about uber from a customer perspective is is the technology so easy to use and it doesn't matter where you are in the world one of the things with these two applications because um, it's not they're not ubiquitous and they're based only in specific areas finding the actual point where you get on is quite tricky and working it all out that took quite a long time um, with both with both of the providers, um, certainly my first mile took a long time for me to work out, um, but I worked out in the end. And yeah, I booked my my slide, and at, at seven minutes past nine, or a little bit before, I slid into my Volkswagen van, and 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 the driver, and I was the only person on. Maybe not such a good thing, but from a from a from one of the areas in North Bristol, the driver took me into the city centre, um, and it cost me seven pounds. From where exactly? From then, out pa from Patchway, which right. is right kind of you know towards, in the north, way, the fair it? way, yeah. for seven quid, which I thought was good for what I got. I thought it was good well, value. That's amazing value, yeah. Though, isn't it? Considering I was in a van yeah. on my own and it yeah. took like seventeen minutes. What was minutes. the driver like? Was he friendly? It was reasonably okay. Did you know his name in advance? Did you get one of those texts saying, uh, "No, but you, but you got the you got the reg plate of the um, right." Well, so that, yeah. that's not bad, is it? Yeah. So, it, but it was you know not nice new, and it's a and it's a, it's licensed as a taxi, so it can use bus yeah. lanes. So you zip in seven quid. Not bad. Not bad. If you live in the area, not bad. It's an area that's not particularly well served, mainly for geographical and highway reasons, by conventional buses. So you think so mm. seven quid. Um. And then I did some bits and pieces in Bristol, and on the way out, I I caught a conventional bus to to one of the areas, um, in the, one of the commuter areas that that is well served on the main roads, but not well served um, out on the out you know out, out on the smaller roads. And I caught something called My First Mile, which is a partnership between uh, First Group, uh, City Council, and a company called Esoterics, and they have developed an app which is basically a taxi mm. um, where you get off the bus on the main corridor and then you get in a a taxi effectively that takes you you know the 700 yards mile and a half whatever it is to your front door let's solve this problem of you know i'd like to get the bus but i can't be bothered to walk to the bus stop and so what happens is on the in the evening peak which is when i when i caught it you, you get on you get on the conventional bus you get off at the appointed stop you walk across the road to the co-op and there's a cab sitting in the car, car park and how do you, you get for that on bit? with a, a with conventional um app 
Yeah. And how much did that cost you? Well, it was included in the um, in the day ticket. So, that's not that. I know, tell you, that's pretty. Now, where does City pretty, Fox fit into this? Well, that's they're the operator the, of the, the, the yeah, blue taxi. Yeah, yeah. So the great thing about it is, one downside is we both slide, um, and my first mile is they they only operate in the peaks. Yeah. So it's very narrowly focused. The great thing about my my first mile is, from a perspective of the operator. You know, they do with the cab. They do, you know, three hours doing this this demand mm. responsive thing, and then the cab's a normal cab. And are these price sensitive areas where people, or, uh, or I, not I where know. you and wouldn't he, mind because you're lazy? So here, you know, here's the rub. Like, the taxi was fine. It's just like a normal taxi, yeah. and the driver was great. So enthusiastic. He was he was a fantastic guy. He was so pleased to see me. He really made me feel, you know, great. Mm. Great to be using the service. The problem was, you know, the worst bit of the whole travelling experience was the bit on the conventional bus, because I spent the morning and the afternoon in these taxis sitting in there on my own, and there I am on a bus that's stuck in traffic, that's stopping every five hundred yards, and you know, those are the problems. Are Surrounded congestion. by people yeah. that sometimes yeah. you might. The problem not want. is congestion, and, yeah. and and all those problems yeah. that buses been dealing with for years. And um, when you can get into a you know a car on your own, if you're lucky. So so is is this partly a problem? You know, you, you do the first mile in a taxi. Yeah. Then, then you, you get off. Wait, and you get on the bus. In the rain. You wait in the rain. You get on a bus. So there's some miserable signs saying you know don't you know look out for blood in your poo and and uh, <laughs> you know uh, you know don't don't commit any crime etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. And, and then you're surrounded by maybe some customers that that you don't want to be next to because some customers on buses indulge in antisocial behaviour, some yeah. smell blah, blah. And then you think, why didn't I just stay in a cab? That that potentially is a problem. That having said, you mentioned you mentioned my man, uh, my mate, Mr. Freeman at the beginning. And ironic we're sitting in Reading buses today, manner. where you know where he, he he left a legacy before Martin's left another legacy. Um, I just that guy is really turning around first in Bristol. Right. I mean, I was down there um, with the team about six or seven months ago, and and one of his um, direct reports made a really compelling comment. He said, you know, he the previous MD gradually managed to open that door to stakeholders and customers, mm. uh, and he said. Crikey, James Freeman is coming, and he's like kicked the door off its hinges. It's wide open. Yeah, they they had an open day where I think over a thousand people turned up at the depot, a uh, bus depot, uh, and they weren't your wonderful. usual bus spotters like you and I. They were they were normal people. Um, you know, he is really turning that tank around, and you know, first sometimes gets some some criticism, which 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 I don't think is fair. Um, I think this is one place where. Where you know he's moving Bristol in the right direction, and it's a really good initiative. Uh, so yeah, so I don't know what's the future for these demand response. I think they all, they they hopefully will become part of the picture. Um, you know, the big problem is take slide for instance was seven quid. Okay, well the a monthly ticket on slide if you were to commute in and commute out is a hundred and eleven pounds a month. And that's a big chunk. Of that dough. is a lot, considering you can't use it outside the peaks. And you can't use it the weekend, you know. And, and go, sorry, coming back to what were versus, the demos- versus a, yeah. a, a normal bus, a monthly bus. And uh, what was the demographics 66, of the area then? I mean, is that quid. is that affordable? Uh, I, 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 I would struggle. I think yes, probably. I mean, it, dep- it would depend on the person. Who, you mm-hmm. know, it's it's forty quid a month more expensive than a bus pass. For that, you get to sit in your own car or own, only with a few other people um, and so, feel quite pampered. Yeah, you feel pampered, and you know it, it, it's lovely. But for, you know, forty quid difference—a lot of dough. Mm. Um, but but you know, but this I, is where I think is 
best out in affluent areas yeah, of the UK yeah, yeah. where people are less price sensitive and, and time is, is of the essence for them. They need that time in the evening to get home and put the kids uh, to bed. You know, I, I, I think it will, will, I hope it will continue to be successful and form part of the overall Sounds picture. Good. It solves a problem. Sounds like you had a good great, day bit, out. My, But my first mile, uh, you know, that could be the future because that really is solving a problem for people. But, you know. I think um, I'm going to have to get down to yeah, Bristol again. Down, I always yeah. get lost in Bristol though. Um, right, so yeah, that that you know that's interesting. So on the other good news, um, Andrew Haynes, Network Rail. Yeah, and we talk about doom and gloom in the rail industry. You've cheered me up with Bristol. Yeah, what a great appointment. Now yeah, I, I was at a CILT Rail forum about four months ago, and Andrew uh, tossed in and did a did a presentation um, about what the rail industry could learn from aviation, and and, and typically self facing. Um, he said, and we could learn in aviation a hell of a lot from rail. And this was a guy that had the audience hanging on every word. He clearly was someone that that wanted to get back into the rail industry. You know, it was his home. And I cannot think of a better appointment. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I had a bet with some mates that it would be him. Mm. Um, and I'm pleased to say I've been proven right. How much did you win? Well, I don't gamble, so oh. it was just a friendship bet. Friendship I know bet. you don't do you won, friendship you won, bets, do you? No. I wish I had put some money you on it. You won pride. I won, I, I won pride, I'm yes. So, I think, yeah, I, well, I, I think it's great news. I, I, I've i never met Andrew, but I lived in and around the network that he ran and absolutely transformed, you know, Southwest Trains from where it was when I first started using the train as a as an oik, if you could imagine such mm. a thing. An oik from Weybridge? Absolutely. I didn't know they existed, Mark. Well, I was the only one. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it used to be so rubbish, um, you know, with, with with rolling stock that hadn't been invested in and staff that didn't give a hoot. Um, but over the course of, you know, a period that probably ended up being five, five to eight years, it, I think it transformed into probably the best, the best commuter train franchise in the country. Mm. Um, with st- I mean the staff on SWT these days I find generally I mean I know it's your manner whenever I, but I've been down there it's they're well motivated the trains look good the colour scheme's fantastic you know it seems to me to be to be how it should be almost the perfect commuter rail and I, I remember be. when I was a director at South Eastern Trains Michael Holden our MD he commuted from Woking and, and he was always going on and on they do it this way on Southwest trains. Why can't we do it that way? Why can't we get conductors through the trains? You know, why can't we man all the gates? You never see Grime on Southwest trains say, so, you know, he really brainwashed us on how they set the benchmark. And, you know, moving over to Southwest Territory about seven years ago, he was absolutely right, yeah. as usual. Yeah. So, uh, yes, yeah, so that cheered me up. Also had a reasonably um, interesting afternoon out in Birmingham, um, your old stomping ground Indeed. at National Express. Um, a couple of weeks ago... Just no, nothing stunningly interesting, apart from pretty competent bus experience there. Um, very chirpy drivers, a um, lot of eye contact, uh, immaculate uniforms. How about congestion? Uh, wasn't too bad, actually. Um, wasn't too bad at all. Uh, obviously, the usual nonsense around the ball ring area. The mm-hmm. only thing that sort of you know cheesed me off again is this exact fares thing, um, which, as a customer... It just still just doesn't seem right. When I turned up at a bus stop and, and the driver just said, no, we can't give any change. And, and well, is there any way around it? Do you do contact lists? And, uh, well, uh, no, it does not working and yeah. not gone live. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, just not that impressive. Mm. Rest experience, good. I have to say their buses are very clean out there. So um, the team obviously doing a, a good job, competent operator. I suppose it's got nothing there, nothing to do with you, was it? All those no, no. It was actually there. started improving when I left. <laughs> 
No, really good stuff. So, uh, cool. Yeah. You've been quite impressed with National Express with their appointment of a, a, well, a female it, yeah, MD. It, it, was a little, it was a few weeks ago now, but it caught my eye because I don't know whether it was the first time a female managing director of a bus company replaced a female managing director of a bus company. Been. But um, what a tremendous thing, I think, for the industry. And, and I think, you know, particularly that Dundee business um, has, you know, has had a bit of a checkered history, but is now a, a real high-flying business. And... I, I think it's fantastic. It says it says a lot for the work that National Express have done to increase representation of, of, of females into management positions, which I think that was a period when I was there where there were more female operations managers and assistant operations managers in the bus business than there were males, which is just, you know, that's outstanding. Yeah. Well, that's I, mean, I, I, outstanding. I can tell you, Mark, because we do recruitment, it, it is a challenge. Increasingly, companies are asking for um, greater female representation. So last week I was with the HRD for Network Rail, mm. uh, and uh, she said to me, "She said, yeah, but what do you do recruitment around? You know, females in the industry. Now we we just strike up a partnership with the excellent Women in Rail organisation, and, and I, I'm talking at one of their uh, conferences um, in the middle to late June. Um, so I think they're leading the leading the way. Um, I think there could be something done in the bus industry, maybe a Women in Bus." organization we could set one up i know um adeline who runs the uh the women in rail said to me she said you don't have to be a woman to set up an organization such as well, this it just becomes people in bus it, it people in bus yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but you know it's so difficult when if you're filling a job in bus and the company says you know oh, we need greater female representation it's yeah. a real challenge we'll get there and because we're very determined at that as recruiters, but yeah. there's not a very big pool. I, I think National Express's success in that area, you know, it came from comes back to what you saw before was 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 leadership, you know, and being extremely committed to recruiting people at the very earliest stages into those management positions, and, and I include sort of graduate trainees in that, you know, and there were definitely, I'm sure, there was equal representation for many years um, of male and female. Um, on the graduate training scheme, and of course, those 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 folks, along with you know other people within the business, go on to take up those management positions in time. So, if anyone wants to know how best you can do it, and hey, let's face it, you know, inner city Birmingham is a challenging place to recruit anyone. Doesn't matter where mm. you're from, mm. or what agenda. Mm. Tell me is. about it. Yeah. Um, so, I think it's a real success, and it's a lovely little story in in Dundee. And I don't doubt that 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 business up there will continue to go. From strength to strength, and yeah, let's do it. Women in bus mm, applications mm. to other men Women. who'd like to join. <laughs> so, talking about application, we got a few jobs on the uh, on, on the go that we're 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 in the throes at the moment on the oh, recruitment yeah. Anything front. Anything for right? me? Uh, you're unemployable, Mark, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> maybe one day, one day, maybe. Uh, um, so, yeah, we're recruiting the uh, chief exec for Reading, mm -hmm. um, Reading buses, which will be a hard act to follow from old. Uh, or a young Gilbo, of, yeah. A big pair of there's two pairs of big shoes. One needs to fill. You need four feet. There's so many pairs of shoes. Yeah, you need to fill <laughs> yeah, there. yeah. What a what a coup for go ahead to to uh, persuade young Martin to go up to to go northeast, where I'm sure he'll do an excellent job. And it, it's amazing. It's been nearly four years now. Um, he's been in Reading. Um, so we're recruiting that at the moment. Um, we're looking for non-execs for Edinburgh trams. Um, some operations managers, commercial managers, head of concessions development for a uh, leading transport owning group so a lot of jobs around at the moment which which is interesting um and well, it's about finding few, the right people probably a few more coming because there's a reasonable amount of reorganization going on in a couple of the groups and people moving in and moving out and mm -hmm. 
some uh, business change initiatives going on. So it's a good time to be looking for work. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of work out there. I mean, I think maybe it's down to, you tend to find this movement of people just after Christmas when they've had this sort of meaning of life chat over the Christmas dinner table with their family and friends. Um, they hand the notice in January. So, uh, and, and normally there's sort of beginning of the cricket season I've noticed. So, uh, so this is the season for, for job recruitment. So, um, and obviously, You'd imagine there'd be a bit of recruitment um, going on in the rail industry with franchises changing I should imagine so, because it's all change, all change. Yeah, well, it's an interesting one, that um, Keolis winning winning Wales. That didn't seem a particularly well-kept secret. A lot of people were saying, oh, we've heard they're they're the front runners. Mm. Um, I mean, they are a really competent group at the moment, aren't they? They're they're winning things, they're putting in some really competent bids. They've they've done a good job where where, where they've been um, running companies. They've got a good presence overseas. Um, I, you know, I hope they build on the. I'm sure they will build on the success of the Wales team. I mean, I've spent a bit of time with the the current Wales team, and yeah, brilliant, really, really good team, really enthusiastic, passionate team great, down there. Great MD and Tom great, Joyner as great well. Great place to run trains. That I yeah, think. yeah, 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 yeah. So much to do. Mm. Really, you know, a network that's improving. It's changing the way the network's managed. Real social, socially necessary services. You mm. know, you think those. The, the valley lines coming out of, out yeah. of, out they of should Cardiff. Do, they I should mean, do just, a good job. You know, fancy, just great, great stuff. Yeah. I'm sure they will do and, good and, 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 and a supportive, a, you know, the government support. Very much so. And picking up a good a good team down there. Yeah. Now, of course, the one I'm really interested in, I'm as interested in Wales, obviously, is South Eastern, because it's my old, old manor yeah. where I lived for years. It's time to go and make a cup of tea. Yeah, yeah, do you want to <laughs> yeah, go and make your tea? I'll have a kip, because I'll probably drone on forever. But um, And I know I wrote an article about a month or so ago around why people aren't that interested in South Eastern. Um, who's going to win it? I mean, this is a franchise that used to be you know, the glory franchise in the UK. And there's a bit of a sort of lack of. Whenever I talk to people, say who's going to win Southeastern, people look at me and say, "Well, who cares?" But I think you got you got some strong people in there. You have got go ahead have done a reasonably good job, a good job actually. Um, you've got Stagecoach, as we know, did a good job on Southwest Trains, and you've got Abelio and the Abelio team, led by Dominic Booth and his team, have, have all in some shape or form worked at Southeastern during the course of their career, a number of his team live on the patch. So, you know, they'll think that they, they, they've got a good chance. Well, one of the things that would help to get excited about South Eastern is a change of the colours. Do you reckon? Yeah, I think yeah. it's pretty dull. It's when, you look, when we talked about Southwest trains, trains yeah. we talked about Southwest trains before, yeah. and like the red and the orange, it's just like, when it first came out, it just screamed like, whoa, yeah, I this know. is different. Do you think so? From Network yeah. South East, mm. this is different. And I just think the blue's a bit... So yeah. who do you think will win it? Do you... Nah. You're not placing any bets. I wouldn't want to. No, with three. I'll wait until bidders. like four or five weeks before the award, and or then. when the rumours are all out. <laughs> yeah, that's say, yeah. when I'll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when I'll place my friendly bet with you, Alex. <laughs> but yeah, I think. But a, but a massively complex network down there, isn't it? Yeah, complex. it should be should should be really attractive to 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 anyone that wants to you know really prove themselves out there. And of course, you know, it's got HS1, which Go Ahead did a good yeah. job with. You know, yeah. stage coaching and a better like to get their their paws on that. But yeah. really interesting one that one. Yeah. Um, and then of course, come back to this issue. Let's just hope the finances stack up and and whoever There's wins no rogue it. Big directors. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> um, so. Uh, I don't. The only other thing I've been doing the last week is at Flashford, we're we're about to set up our aviation division, and we're about to uh, appoint a guy called Mike Stewart as our MD for aviation. So we're we're launching our recruitment and consultancy business um, with airlines, airports, and, and and the aviation sector as a whole. So uh, 
I've been going truly, truly multimodal the mm, last few weeks. Mark, so, so you'll be uh, able to bore people about planes about as well planes, as trains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you fly a plane, though, don't you? Uh, I, I, pilot, do, so. I do, but but only uh, as a as a hobby, um, <laughs> and I don't think I could get you any work as a result of it. Sadly, <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to poop about onto the uh, onto the the pick me up, which is the the go ahead ride sharing uh, initiative in in Oxford, having. Having been to a great bus city, or what's becoming a great bus city in Bristol, it's only fair that I head over to Oxford and go and have a look and see all how all that tech works. It's always a delight to to go and have a look around Oxford. So I shall I shall be reporting on that in in the weeks ahead. And I think in the next in the next episode we're going to have uh, we're going to have a guest on, aren't we? We are. Yes, yes, we our are first indeed. Guest. Yes, we are going to have our first guest. Many more to follow. Yeah. Many more to follow. Yeah. Great. Good. Thank you, Mark. Well, I hope uh, those who are still with us have enjoyed that. Our first uh, Flash Forward podcast. We look forward to many more ahead and uh, we'll see or hear from everyone soon. Thanks. Thank you very much.